0: Rural hospitals need all the advocacy and awareness we can get, which is the very reason we started this podcast. So how do you get to 100 episodes of Rural Health Rising?
1: (laughs) With a tremendous amount of scheduling, great guests, and quite a bit of work behind the scenes.
0: I'm Rachel Lott.
1: And I'm JJ Hodshire.
0: And this is Rural Health Rising.
1: Welcome to episode 100 of Rural Health Rising, I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hillsdale Hospital.
0: Can you believe we made it to 100 episodes, J.J.?
1: I cannot believe we made it past 10 episodes <laughs> after after our first one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do you well, remember that? I do remember that and that we had to record it like three different times to actually get it done. Because uh, yeah. It was November of 2020 and why we thought it was a good idea to start a podcast in the middle of the pandemic Near Thanksgiving, no idea, near Thanksgiving, yeah, exactly.
1: And we were slap happy. I yep. mean, there were just hours.
0: I'm sure there's some good if we if we oh, yeah. dared to go back and listen to that. There's probably some funny tape there.
1: Uh, I agree. I well, agree. and
0: I will say, technically, if someone looks in the feed, you will see more than a hundred episodes in there but the mini-sodes don't count right as regular right, episodes. right. so now this i guess could kind of be a mini sod since it's just the two of us but it's our hundredth episode but it's special. our hundredth so, so we're gonna do it that's right that's right um so let's just talk a little bit about you know it's been god what two and a half years yeah. then right because yeah. november 2020 to yeah. now yeah. april 23 so yeah yes. um roughly two and a half years what why is rural health important now more than ever even since before we started
1: you know, I think uh, certainly when you look at what we were able to accomplish through the pandemic, Rachel, mm-hmm. uh, it really, you know, is intensified for rural health care, specifically lack of resources. You know, the industry itself did have a lack of resources, but even more so in rural communities. But, you know, I think looking at population health management, looking at the needs in each of these communities as transportation isn't prevalent in our communities, uh, we find that there is an overwhelming need to keep our rural hospitals in operation and fully engaged, providing services that patients, community members— could not otherwise get unless they're 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half away. And we know, and we've said it a million times, time is tissue. Right. When a patient's having a stroke, a heart attack, every second counts. Mm-hmm. To have health care in your respective communities for just the wellness and the health of that community is important. But why don't you tell, talk to us a little bit about why is it important for the economies? Well,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, as we've said before, rural hospitals are typically the largest or the second largest employer in their city and or county. Um, And we also spend a lot of money in our local communities because we need things like supplies and we need things like lawn maintenance and, you know, things that we hire vendors to do or to provide to us. Um, Not to mention, you know, of course, again, the jobs jobs. to our direct employees as well. Um, And then also all the contracted positions for, you know, physician groups that we work with and um, certain types of practices and things like that, um, we really have a huge financial impact on the local economy, which is why when a rural hospital closes, you see devastation in those communities. Mm-hmm. Also, no one wants to bring jobs to communities that don't have health care because they don't no. think they can get employees to move there to take those jobs.
1: Well, and, and you have a safety factor, right? I mean, right. if there's injury uh, at the workplace, you want to be seconds away. Right. Healthcare. Right.
0: And a city without healthcare is just not that a community without healthcare is just not that livable for people, especially in today's world. Now, there is a lot more virtual care and telehealth and things like that. It's not going to deliver a baby. But that's exactly. <laughs> and that is great for things like routine care that doesn't yeah. require hands on, but that's not going to to fill every need and meet every need. Yeah. And again, most people, if you have the option to move wherever you want to move. The chances of you picking a place that doesn't have a local hospital yeah. are not real high, um, especially when it's a rural community, because we already know that people are more people are moving out of rural communities they than are. moving into yeah. them.
1: You know, one of the reasons that we actually started this podcast and, you know, our hope was that we would just get information out to the community. Right. And then we started talking like, no, 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 let's expand it. Let's get it out to the state. And then you and I talked and said this thing needs to become something bigger. Right. This needs to be national. We need to highlight rural hospitals across America, not just in our community, not just talking about Hillsdale Hospital with its unique problems, but let's talk about healthcare, the industry, and why rural hospitals are so important to our rural communities for all the reasons you just gave, Rachel. That's why it was important. And so for us, for me, I'm gonna tell you what I expected this to become. It has- advocacy mm-hmm. we've had some great guests we have had i mean some great guests. i've got some favorites you have some favorites but i can tell you that sitting down with the political leaders mm-hmm. uh, both uh, in michigan and in washington has been rewarding mm-hmm. to tell our story right because oftentimes you know i would get a text from the then state representative saying great podcast i'd be like mm-hmm. You you listened right? You know question mark right. question mark. And pretty soon I would learn uh, that it is very very common that they would catch pieces of it mm-hmm. and 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 what I wanted it to become. In my opinion, it has become. How about for you? Right.
0: You know I am an avid podcast listener. Um, I drive an hour each way when I come into Hillsdale. And so I've always got a podcast on for whatever reason. I don't like hardly ever listen to music anymore. I just only yeah, <laughs> yeah. listen to podcasts. Um, I guess that's what happens when you start to get old, well, right? You, Does that yeah, mean you're I mean, old it, when you it only want age, to listen to talk right, and no right.
1: music, you know? It's Lawrence Weld or, 80, or podcast. I will right. say
0: if it is music, it's like Glenn Campbell and Marty oh, yeah. Robbins. There's no doubt in my so, <laughs> mind.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind.
0: But all that to say, I'm an avid podcast listener. So I kind of had a... Perception in my mind of what can podcasts be? How do hosts relate to their audience and things like that? Um, and so there's probably things that I do and say on here that I've picked up from some of those oh, podcasts yeah. and the way we ask questions and and things like that. Um, but you know, I think we have my goal with this was that the issue of rural health care would be seen from the perspective of a rural hospital that's in it. Yeah. So because we already know we have great advocacy from the National Rural Health oh, Association, absolutely. from the Michigan Health and Hospital Association here in our state. Um, but this is from a different perspective, is. which is the rural hospital that is, in it and operating every day and trying to exist and function in this environment. Yes. Um, and so for us to be the ones bringing the guests on, asking the questions, having these conversations, I think is just a perspective that was not out there before. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that we have that. I, I never agree. thought we would be on a podcast network like me we either. are with the Health Podcast Network. Um, they have been amazing and, and yeah. so helpful. Um, and you, so so that some surprised advertisers. you, advertisers. Right? That also surprised yeah, me. Yeah, that know? was
1: going to be my surprise. It, yeah. Just having... Okay, so we we sit down, we're in the studio, we record, mm-hmm. we feel somewhat good about it. Sometimes we don't. Right. Sometimes like, Ugh, did we bomb that? Was that good? Was right. that bad? You know, you put all the questions together. Congratulations to you. You do a phenomenal job. Thank you. And you work it's, very hard at I trying have to, to say, sometimes I have a
0: hard time. Because, well, it's hard
1: with the subject sometimes. Yeah, and
0: also I always, and I always tell our guests, I'm like, let me know once I send them the questions ahead of time. Yeah. And usually it's just a couple of days ahead of time because- As anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, we don't have a very rehearsed show or really rehearsed at all. We like the discussion portion especially to be a very natural, organic conversation that we're having with someone who is also in our industry or is in some industry related to um, rural health and rural communities. Um, We don't want it to be a a polished, very formal type of thing. Um, So. As I'm coming up with those, I tell our guests, I'm like, if if these questions are dumb, please tell me. You know, I don't say it quite like that, but I'm basically but no. saying, like, if some of the if if I should have worded this different yeah. or if there's something we didn't include that we should add in, let me know so that we have a really productive, positive conversation. Yeah. Um And so. it has
1: flown. Mm-hmm. I mean the 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 fluid motion of just the interview, uh having an opportunity really, we've gone off script a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. And I oh, think yeah. that's And important. I warn the guests of that, too. You know, well, like we have some questions to yeah. kind of make sure that we have a direction that we intend to go. Yeah. But we're always going to go off on a rabbit trail here or there.
1: Well, we do because we want to follow up to some of the comments or statements made. And we've learned so much Oh yeah, because I have used information from our podcast mm-hmm. to present uh, at public events and to give speeches, really. And, and using that site information, you know, I, I guess for me, um, you know, the surprise was opening the email after the podcast of someone who heard the podcast that said, We were inspired or have you would you consider having me on? Yeah. And we and we have received right. quite a few right. of those. That that's been, you know, obviously a to me like, wow, you know, we did make an impact or a difference. And and to hear that, you know, is is very encouraging. Because and many times when you do a podcast, you're like, uh, are we reaching an audience? Right. But when we get confirmation from those, I think that's very important. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think the other thing that surprised me was how willing and excited people are to be on the show, Yes, you know, because I didn't necessarily expect that people would be like, oh, yeah, we'd love to be on the show. I'd love to come talk or I've never done a podcast before, but yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. I didn't necessarily expect that. I thought it might be harder. I thought we would have people decline the invitation. And I don't think we've actually had anyone decline our invitation right. to be on the show. So Never. that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely cool. You know, uh, as we look to the future, Rachel, mm-hmm. what I guess I'm gonna ask you a question. What do you look forward to next? And what do you think is gonna happen?
0: Um, you know, the next <laughs> six plus months are gonna be interesting. Um, so as you remember, JJ, when we started the podcast in November of 2020, I was pregnant and due in March of 21. um, And we were recording two and three episodes a week, but usually all on the same day Yes, to be ahead of the game. So we would have plenty for when I was on maternity leave. And we're going to be in that situation again here soon because I will uh, be having another baby in October. Um, So I am looking forward to the process of really thinking through in advance a little more than we normally do of who are we going to have on and who are we going to record with so that we can have all those episodes um, when I'm off on leave? And to be able to look back, to at who are some of our guests we've had on that we haven't had back yet that we really want to bring back. Um, I think that's going to be fun to to bring back some folks, especially some from the very beginning that we haven't brought back yet.
1: Yeah, I think for me, uh, the opportunity really to, as we look at what's happening in healthcare right now with the closures, You know, Mm -hmm. over 600 that are forecasted to close and 200 that are at immediate imminent uh, closure and risk. And, you know, some of those in Michigan, I'm hopeful that we can push an agenda of getting through Congress, you know, some provisions to save rural health. Right. I really hope that. I well, mean, that is my hope. And I
0: hope we can put some on the other side of it, put some pressure on the private payers. Yes. To start paying rural hospitals adequately. Yes. Um, because we need the government reform, but we also need the private payers to do their part. Right. And to stop taking advantage of rural hospitals just because we are small. Yeah. It is despicable. It's totally unacceptable. And they should be ashamed of themselves Absolutely. for doing that. And Absolutely. so we are going to work hard to bring attention to this issue and to get very public and very transparent about how we are getting paid by these private insurers. And I hope that that will also make a difference because I think that's the side of the issue that a lot of people aren't aware of. And quite frankly, I wasn't aware of until we had our first episode with Harold Miller because I didn't Mm -hmm. realize Mm -hmm. as he was looking across the country at this, that the private payers a lot of times were paying less than Medicare and Medicaid. I mean, you remember, I was like baffled. I know. I was shocked by that. Yeah. And I think,
1: you know, when we look at this and it impacts different rural communities in different parts of the country, you know, Medicaid, you know, depends on what peer group you're in and all of those things. But, you know, really just having the conversation, do we need to switch some of these hospitals over to critical access to get the uplift? Is that the only way we're going to save rural health? I I don't know, Rachel. I mean, honestly, I do not know. I know that we have brought a plethora of of mm-hmm. services to Hillsdale County. And still we struggle, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even with new services and a full continuum of right. care other than doing the I mean, in today's surgery.
0: environment, I shudder to think where we would be if uh, we had not done, if we had not launched all the new services oh we've launched in the last two well, years. Well, we wouldn't
1: be here. I'm gonna tell you that right now, right? right. honestly. A lot of those services would, have had yes, a
0: huge financial impact. Huge
1: financial impact on this um, hospital and right. the operations. And right. so, you know, when we, hopefully this will serve as a light uh, to a very dark conversation about payers, about transparency, about government involvement in healthcare. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. said it before, healthcare should be really viewed at the congressional level as infrastructure.
0: Right. Treat right. it like
1: you do your roads, your education, all of right. those things.
0: Society doesn't function without it. Right. Period, full stop.
1: So, how do we achieve this to keep those rural hospitals open? If not, those rural hospitals are devastated. They are dismantled in rural right. communities. It impacts the economy of those communities and the health and wellness of those communities. Um, and you have significant losses: economic losses, physical losses. Um, the The downside of this is devastating for civilization.
0: Oh yeah, it truly is. It is. It is.
1: And for our and for our communities. So, I, I I'm hopeful. That uh, that is our, our forward charge mm-hmm. uh, in the next few months that we have together before you're off.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, as
1: we push things. Well, let's talk about, right. you know, the process, Rachel, because, yeah. you know, we did talk about all right, everybody knows that we're here for rural health. We call it rural health rising. We want to rise up. Uh, we want to reclaim our communities back. We want to have an education uh, discussion and forums. We want to have a payer education and, and the list goes on and on and we're achieving that. But this is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So walk us through what behind the scenes looks like to even produce a podcast such as this.
0: Yeah. And this is one of those things I had no clue when we started and it was like, well, I guess we'll figure it out. You jump in and you eventually start treading water anyway. Um, So that's kind of what what we did. Um, So what it looks like in terms of the process is so right now, fortunately, I have a wonderful marketing intern, Leah, who helps get our guests scheduled. So she kind of goes with them back and forth on dates that will work for us, dates that will work for them and get us on the calendar. Um, And then she will kind of do a little bit of the prep on the outline um, and then get it to me so I can do the questions right. and then we get those to our guests. Um, for our guests who are remote we set up a link for them through a remote recording podcast or a remote recording platform that we have um, and send that to them. It does have video as well as audio which people often ask us like am I going to be on film? Eh, we um, and we use the video only so we can see each other's face while That's we're it. doing our recording because it always helps to be able to see faces when yep. you're having a conversation. That's it. Um, but then of course we just publish the audio and then if we're able to have a guest in person if they're a little little more local or here in Michigan and are able to come to Hillsdale, um, then, you know, we got them right here in the room with us, which is fun, too. So we we do all that prep work. We get them scheduled. We get the outline written, get that to them, um, that kind of formulaic opening and closing and stuff like that. I get those written um, and then, you know, they'll send it back and say, oh, that's good. I I don't honestly don't think I've ever had anyone change anything in the questions. Um, Some people have added some things. Um, but so they'll send that back and then we do our recording. I upload the files to our audio engineer, and then he takes it from there,
1: Yeah, which is great. Talk to us about so so audio engineer. I mean, that's pretty fancy for Hillsdale. So what does that look like?
0: Yeah. So Kenji is incredibly talented. He wrote our original music that is at the beginning of every episode. It is awesome. When I first heard it, I was like, Kenji, this is so cool. (laughs) My husband will not listen to the podcast. He will never watch us on Facebook Live. It makes him too nervous, which I think is hilarious. I've heard that. Because I don't get nervous, but yeah. he gets nervous if I'm, like, on something. My is, wife just like, doesn't so like funny. to hear me
1: talk, so she's, like, <laughs> not that she gets nervous. She's like, I've heard yeah, enough. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah He's, right. like, the
0: kid who, like, he couldn't stand to watch I Love Lucy because he would be, like, panicked There'd be she a she was bad always it, about to get in, in trouble. So I call it his, it. like, I Love Lucy that thing is, is, is kind that of he funny. can't listen to it, but... Um, He did hear the music when Kenji wrote the music, and he was like, that's awesome, and he loved the music and the little intro. That's cool. Um, But yeah, so Kenji did that for us, so he puts that in. He cuts out all of our you know, mess ups and I can't speak properly or I say the wrong word or or whatever. Um, so anything we say, oh, Kenji, hang on, cut that out. I'm going to do this again. Um, and so he goes through and cuts all of that out. And he's so good. I don't even live, listen back to the show before he publishes it because I know that it's going to be perfect. It, absolutely. So I, we did Never that for the first probably like 10 or 15 while we were both kind of getting comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, But now, I mean, as soon as I upload that file, I don't think about it again until I see it pop up on my podcast feed um, on a Thursday. So now I have a question for you, JJ. Yeah. Do you listen to every episode?
1: I do listen to every episode, either in my office. Do you really? Yeah, Carrie gets freaked out or if I'm in the car, (laughs) uh, I do. She shuts the door if I listen uh, to Carrie in the office. But no, I do. Um, I may have missed Mm -hmm. a few that... Maybe weren't, you know, my favorite, mm-hmm. but I just knew, all right, you know, but I do. And and what I try to do is the really good ones, I will go on my phone and I will edit a copy, edit, that's mm-hmm. just I'm old school, and then I will text it, the the link, to congressman, mm-hmm. state rep. I texted uh, to Senator Bellino and to Representative Fink mm-hmm. the other day, the podcast with uh, Steve Ruber.
0: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
1: said, you, you got to listen to this. to when we had uh, Michigan Supreme Court Justice
0: mm-hmm, on. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: I, I sent that across just about everyone that I knew <laughs> that would be interested in right. the rule of law as it pertains right. to to this issue. So, um, yeah, I, I do. I catch the majority of those and listen. And it also serves as a good tool for me to go,
0: oh, stop doing that. Stop <laughs> saying that one
1: word. Right. Uh, so it does help me. How about you, Rachel? Do you listen to every one of them? No, I know I you don't. I don't. I definitely
0: don't. Um, but I listen to so many other podcasts. It's like I got to get all of them I in, know. you know, and I only have so much time on my yeah. Commute during the week um, to do that. And, you know, I do listen sometimes when I'm like doing dishes and things. But if I have my headphones on, I'm such a jumpy person. Andy is always like, please don't listen to stuff with your headphones on because he'll walk in the room and And I will jump three feet in the air because I couldn't hear him because I was listening to a podcast. But, yeah, I don't listen to every episode, but I do listen to the ones that I am like, I want to hear that again. Yeah. and I want to remember exactly what yeah. that guest said or how or did they word or that to quote or yeah. Or if I'm like, I feel like that was a good episode. I want to listen to that and see if there's anything yeah. that you and I did right. or said or the way we did anything that I'm like, we need to make sure we yeah. do that again yeah. or um, keep that in mind as yeah. we're recording other we're, episodes.
1: You know, it's been a, it's been a great journey, but it's mm-hmm. not over. It's not. The work is, has <laughs> It's been defined and it's never been as intense as it is today. I thought three years ago when I started this job, uh, three years here coming up very soon, that, Mm -hmm. that the CEO job had been in healthcare for 14. I thought, you know, it couldn't get any worse. And then the pandemic, and I said, couldn't get any worse. And That's
0: because you thought that, JJ.
1: Well, Death I didn't gum. say it. You jinxed us. They told me not to say it. Oh, okay. I just thought it. Okay. And then what we're facing over the course of the last six months, right. healthcare across the industry uh, the country, as a whole, not just rural. Rachel, it is, it's It's it, It's what keeps me up at night right. thinking about uh, the reports about small hospitals that have closed or will mm-hmm. close in the devastation of those communities and how can we fight it. You know, I'm so passionate about the fight right. and and being a voice and advocating, but there are times where I just grow tired of how many more calls, how many more emails, how many more, you know, in-person visits. You right. and I have been all over this place. Yeah. I mean, Washington, sometimes D.C., it's Lansing. hard to
0: feel like you're not just screaming into the void, but that's the beauty of those of you who listen and, yeah. and who get in touch with us or shoot us an email or yeah. talk to us about the show is to remember we're not screaming into a void. There are other people who are just as engaged and interested in this fight as we are. It's very true. So with that... Congratulations, JJ, on episode 100 of Rural well. Health Rising. And
1: to you as well. If
0: you are listening to this and you would like to participate in one of the next 100 episodes because you have a unique perspective on something related to rural health care um, or just you know feel like you have something to say that's important um, that we need to talk about on Rural Health Rising, please reach out to us. You can shoot an email to marketing at hillsdalehospital.com.
1: next time on Rural Health Rising. We'll have another great conversation with another great guest, so be sure to tune in.
0: And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising.
1: And you can now find us on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel is at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow the podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong.
0: Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit ruralhealthrising.com.